a word of warning to ye of nervous constitutions. Galaxy on Goosebumps is a podcast that could freeze the blood of the most seasoned sailor. What I mean to say is you're about to pee your pants. Good morning, gamers. Welcome to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the show in which I review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. Today, we are looking at Goosebumps number 44, Say Cheese and Die Again, a sequel to Goosebumps number four, Say Cheese and Die. I really love what Tim Jacobs is doing with the, um, the cover art on this one, depicting a snapshot of a uh, family of skeletons sitting around for a wholesome dinner. It's similar in nature to the cover of the first Say Cheese and Die, which also features a snapshot of skeletons, but you'll see in the sequel he's given them eyes and facial features, whereas they're just pure skeletons in this one. I believe, I don't know, but I believe that's because by this stage in his association with the Goosebumps books he was drawing the Goosebumps mascot, Curly, um, who has like facial features, so I think he just reflected that. But regardless, um, really great cover. I really like that. It's a nice mix of like spooky and kind of funny. Tagline, think negative, real negative referring to cameras. And the blurb reads as follows. <laughs> Picture perfect nightmare, sour ball. That's what Greg calls his English teacher, Mr. Sour. He's a real grouch. And now he just gave Greg a big fat F on his oral report. He didn't believe Greg's story about the camera Greg found last summer, about the pictures it took, about the evil things that happened. Poor Greg. He just wanted to prove old sour ball wrong. But now that he's dug up that camera, bad things are happening. Really bad things, just like the first time. So in a very effective opening, it starts off with Greg doing his oral report that recounts the events of the first book. Him and his friends find this camera, it shows bad things happening in the picture that comes out, and sure enough, those bad things come true. And Mr. Sowball doesn't believe the story, and he gives him an F, and he's like, oh, I'll tell you what, if you can bring in this camera and prove it's evil, I'll, I'll give you an A. And this very clearly sets up um, Greg's motivations for the rest of the book. You know, he really doesn't like this camera, but he's got to do it because there's actually like a lot of stuff at stake. So he finds that at the old house he left it at in the previous book, the house has been demolished. There's this kid there whose dad has uh, purchased the house and like knocked it down to build a new house. And this new kid, John's like, hey, I want that camera. He's like, no, it's my camera. And then sure enough, a picture of John gets taken and the picture's him with nail through his foot. Minutes later, he steps on this big, big dirty nail at the, at the building site. So camera still works. Sets up, you know, this high stakes, sort of story, you know, bad things really can happen. So brings the camera to school, Shari, his friend from the first book who witnessed everything is like, don't do it, you know, all the bad things that are gonna happen. Accidentally gets a picture of her, but it comes out as a negative, a negative photo. And he's like, oh, maybe the camera doesn't really work. And she's like, oh, well, let's find out then and takes a picture of him, which is kind of shitty. Like, even if your picture came out negative and that's, you think that might not work, don't risk it and just spite your friend and doom him just because he accidentally doomed you. And the picture comes out of Greg really, really fat. Sure enough, Greg starts getting really, really, really obese throughout the story, while Shari actually gets skinnier and skinnier, which I guess is a result of the negative. She's fading away into nothing. 
Mr. Sourball actually makes fun of Greg quite mercilessly um, when he's very clearly suffering some sort of terrible affliction. And even his parents still make him go to school. They're like, oh, I'm not sure what's going on, but you can't miss school because of it. Desperate to sort of resolve their situations. Greg takes another picture of himself. It's like, oh, maybe that'll make it go back to normal. But it shows him with like a really bad skin condition. And sure enough, he like starts like scratching off all his skin. Quite graphic. But then he has an idea. Hey, my brother works at the camera store. Maybe if he turns my photo into a negative and Shari's negative photo into a positive, that will reverse it. <laughs> sure enough, he does that. He wakes up. They're all normal. But he's still really angry at Mr. Sourball for humiliating him in front of the class quite mercilessly. So he's like, I'm going to get a picture of him. And then he brings in the camera and he's like, oh, look, you brought your haunted camera. Ha ha ha. Oh, you know, don't just take a picture of me. Let's get someone else in. And he gets a picture of him with like the two uh, bullies that bullied Greg throughout the story. So implication is something terrible is going to happen to him. So, you know, a bit dark, but kind of justified. Really good sequel, in my opinion. It's sort of reminiscent of The Haunted Mask 2 to me, in that it takes the central uh, premise of the first book, be it a haunted mask or a haunted camera, and shifts it around, you know, does something slightly different, but with the same cast of characters. Works very well. And it draws on elements from the first book as well. I also really like that Greg has a clear motivation to get this camera back. In some of the Monster Blood sequels, you know, they just dig up the Monster Blood, this thing that like caused all this damage and destruction and like nearly ruined their lives and killed them, like to get back at somebody. But that's not really what this is about, you know, Greg needs to get this A. The tone sort of changes a bit. This stuff about like his parents dismissing their son becoming morbidly obese and like everyone at school making fun of him for like, you know, doubling in body size over, over like one day. Clearly there's something wrong there. No one's going to be like, ha ha ha, look at fatty over there. Like, what, what happened to you, man? Your parents are going to be like, oh my God, no, don't go to school. Obviously, let's get you to a hospital immediately. Something is happening to your son, like work it out. It's sort of funny in that sense. It would have worked better if the, if the whole book was like that sort of lighthearted tone. But then in the first section, you've got a kid getting a nail through his foot. So you can't have this like contrast of tones. Also, the body horror is quite real and quite profound. It's kind of scary having this one character that's like ballooning up and getting morbidly obese and this other character's like like so so tiny it's like it's gross and then you know when he gets another picture taken it describes him like scratching off his skin and like big chunks of skin falling off himself it's quite graphic. All in all a very very competent sequel and a highly recommended book. Please join me next time in which I discuss Goosebumps number 45. Ghost Camp. But in the meantime, thank you for watching and please stay spooky.